Welcome to the On The Way podcast, a podcast where we explore practical ways to live our faith authentically through the stories of cross-cultural workers around the world. I'm Emily, your host for this 21-day journey. Over the next five days, we'll be talking about practices of seeing, which really means different ways we can begin to open our hearts and lives to those around us. In the first episode, we're starting at the very beginning of any relationship, noticing. You can't really start a conversation with someone new until you notice them. Whether that's a neighbor, someone at work, or a person at your favorite coffee shop, there are people in your life that God wants you to notice. Today, we're talking with Pierce and Megan, two cross-cultural workers who have been living in Asia for the last several years. We talked about what it means to notice others in their life and in their work and how they see humanity in people while living in community. Let's talk about noticing others on the way. I'm Megan. And I'm Pierce. And we are currently in the Buddhist world, living in Kathmandu, Nepal, working to get to a country nearby in the Himalayan mountains. We were living in uh, Peninsular Asia for the last seven years. And a couple years ago, we felt that God put this one nation on our hearts. And so we've been trekking towards that journey over the last two years. Amazing. So we're looking at the topic of noticing. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you, what that word noticing means to you in your context here? One of the things that really spoke to me like over the last couple of years is I was in this country uh, in the Himalayan mountains and you have to have a chaper- uh, a government approved chaperone with you at all times. And I remember I was walking into this temple with my tour guide. His name was Namge. And we walk in and right in the middle of the, the temple was this idol of a, of a deity that I'd never seen before. And so I asked Namge who this idol was, who this deity was. And Namge looks at me and he goes, I don't know. I've never seen him before either. But what I thought was interesting is I then watched Namge go up to the foot of the idol and he begins to circumvent it, prostrating himself every third step. And he begins to light the incense and ring the bells and do the different alms that usually accompany Buddhist worship. And on the way out, I just started talking to Namge and I've got Namge, if you have no idea who this idol is, then why do you pray to him? And Namge looks at me and he goes, I don't know. It was the only thing that I was ever taught to do. And I go, but Namge, if you have no idea who this idol is, how do you even know what to pray for? And he says, well, I always pray for three things. I prayed, number one, for wealth and fame. Number two, I pray that me and my family will be healthy. And the third thing I pray for is that all the animals will come back as humans. But I go, but Namge, why do you pray those three things specifically? And it was in, uh, and again, he looks at me and he goes, I don't know. It was the only thing that I was ever taught to do. And it was in that moment that I think I noticed the needs of that country for the first time. When I saw that Namge was doing these things, all of these things out of the fact that he had never met a Christian. That's when God put Namge and the million other people in that country on my heart. And I began to notice them for the first time. And God began to plant a seed in our life that we needed to pack up what our ministry looked like before in order to go and live in community amongst Namge and amongst the people of his nation. And watching Namge um, walk around um, that deity and say the prayers, what did you notice about him as a person? I just noticed his humanity. I noticed who he was, that he he wanted all the things that most of us want, right? To be loved, to be accepted, to have a good life, to, to have provisions. Yet where he was looking for it was in a different place, right? And, and you know, we, we, Jesus lives inside of us. We have the greatest hope that the world has ever seen. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring that hope to Namge and not through events, not through, you know, this nine to five style of missions, but I wanted to live in community 
amongst the people of this nation. We wanted to notice them, not by just looking and staring, but by living shoulder to shoulder in community with them. Megan, do you remember the very first time that you went to your country of service? You walked off the plane, you got into the country. Do you remember some of the first people that you noticed? And can you describe them to me? Yeah, I do. Um, and I remember specifically where we're in uh, downtown, just like walking around, doing the touristy things. Um, and I noticed how loving the people were. Um, and I remember in that moment, I was praying, I'm like, God, like, why aren't there people here to tell them of your good news? And I remember God spoke to me so clearly. He said, will you be that person that goes? And at first I was like, no, like, I'm happy <laughs> with my life right now. Um, but when we were there, the longer we were there, I noticed that the people, they did need the good news um, because they were, they're so loving and just, they were so great to our family and our children. And eventually we said, yes, we will go and tell these people. All right. So sometimes as an American, I tend to jump into action before I've really taken time to sit and notice what is actually happening around me. Um, sometimes we can see a person that looks different than us. You know, I can make assumptions about that person before taking time to notice. And when I do that, I lead with my own assumptions. How have you learned here to slow down? And before just jumping in with your own assumptions about what you see and what you notice with your eyes, how have you learned to slow down and really partner with the Holy Spirit to notice things on a deeper level in, in a positive way? Yeah, it, it looks a little bit different in every context, but for us, it, it's been about just being in the community. So we intentionally moved to an area where we were the only foreigners in our street. Um, and we just began to go outside every day with our kids and play with the other kids that were in the community. Uh, we began to have just tea in people's homes. And the goal wasn't necessarily I'm going to come out and save you and convert you and like, you know, lead you down the Roman road in the first like two minutes of knowing <laughs> you. But it was literally just to embrace the community around us. And we just wanted to know the people before we try to like do this conversion tactic approach. We wanted to see them. We wanted them to see the God that was inside of us, like in this authentic and genuine way. We wanted to love them no matter what. And, and because we felt like that's the best way that we can approach the gospel in people's lives. So for you, there's levels of noticing. It's not just what you see with your eyes, but it's about noticing things that take time to notice that you can only see when you've really yeah. spent time and lived life. Yeah. With people. You know, it's like the idea that people get saved because they felt belonged long before they believed, right? Like theology isn't usually what changes a person's life. It's a sense of belonging and community because we want to be with the people. We want to notice them and what they're doing with their lives because that gives us a better understanding of who they are. I'm an introvert. And so a lot of times in a lot of contexts, I prefer not to be seen. Mm -hmm. I kind of you know, want to be on the sidelines. And I would imagine that a lot of people may have that feeling and share mm -hmm. that with mm -hmm. me. How, how do you practice noticing other people who would maybe prefer not to be seen in a way that feels non-threatening, non-aggressive, uh, and without an agenda? I think maybe just getting to know people, um, 
as opposed to just staring, maybe introducing yourself is a huge help. Like, hey, I see you. My name is so-and-so. Um, that really breaks down the, the barrier. Um, and I would say just getting to know people as people and not with an agenda, just mm-hmm. wanting to know who they are, what kind of things they like to do, what kind of food they like, what kind of coffee they like, just stuff like that Like, really helps you see people even if someone's an introvert they can tell you what their favorite coffee is i would think so i think just reframing the idea of what like missions looks like right like a lot of people that have um exposure to overseas work it's like they came on a short-term trip where they're they're running around from sunset or like sunrise to sunset right like we don't do that we live in community like we don't travel in packs of 20 like foreigners out in the community every day you know what i mean it's just our family with our neighbors and introvert extrovert like you learn to define what those relationships look like, just like you would in America, just like you would in any context that you're living in. Um, those relationships form naturally over time. And you just you learn to develop that. My wife does really good just sitting down with one or two people. I love being with a group of 15 people. You know what I mean? It's just our personalities are different. And instead of forcing me to do something that's out of my personality nature and vice versa, mm-hmm. we learn to work with what the giftings that God's given each of us. And that looks different in every context. How uh, for our friends listening in from the U.S., how can we practice noticing others in a U.S. context, um, particularly people we might not order or ordinarily notice or interact with? How can we in the U.S. practice noticing other people? I think just seeing the the human side of people, not always having an agenda. Um, and I would say just being in tune with with God, um, and he'll help you notice those people that maybe mm-hmm. you wouldn't have noticed before. And I'll, I'll take that a little bit more practical. I always encourage people, Christians, we do a really good job of creating these bubbles. Like, you know, we have our Christian universities, we have our schools, and we want to hang out with all Christians. And that's great. We need that encouragement from our brothers and sisters in Christ. But when was the last time you had a dinner with an unbeliever? When was the last time you had a meal with someone of a different skin color, religious background than you. Mm -hmm. Those are some action steps that I'm always encouraging my friends and and family to make Mm -hmm. is have a meal with an unbeliever, have a meal with someone from a Hindu Buddhist background, because it's really easy to judge people when you stay an arm distance away. But when you begin to notice them and you're sitting across the table from them, like you have a deeper understanding to them. And I think God uses that not only so that his name can be glorified and hopefully their life, but I think God uses that so that our hearts and our lives can be changed too. All right, what do you think about that last question? When was the last time you had a meal with someone who has a different background than you? Maybe you do that regularly, or maybe the answer is never. Today, you can start to notice others. Ask God to help you notice those around you. There's likely a lot more opportunities than you think. That's the end of this first episode. Don't forget to check your 21-day journal for more questions to explore on your own. We'll be back tomorrow with our next practice, the practice of naming. Thanks for joining us on the way. To discover more opportunities and to sign up for the 21-day journey, visit agwm.org slash on the way.